Uh, so I think that uh, the message would be, no matter where you're at, ill or healthy, happy, depressed, um, you know, wealthy or uh, poor, you can transform your life. What you need to know is you need to have some a solid foundation, you need some new information, and you need a defined process. And with that, if you're willing to put in the work and uh, do the study, you can totally transform your life. And if you're living on the street, uh, you know, and you're and you're doing this now, anybody on the street, or anybody that is, uh, you know, kind of doesn't have the means you need to make sure that uh, if you're going to help these people, you need to make sure that their, their bellies are full. No one can learn on an empty stomach. So as long as their bellies are full and they're open and they're curious, if you give anybody this process and this new knowledge, they have the opportunity to make a decision for themselves to change their life or to carry on living as they currently are. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance podcast, Dr. James Perdue. That time again. Thank you for coming in. I am the professor of perseverance. Hey, thank you, John Pinton, for tagging me like that. And I'm Dr. James Purdue. Thank you for coming in on the Professor of Perseverance podcast. Hey, we talk about overcoming adversities so we can have a good, strong life in the long run. Today, our guest, man, I want to learn a lot from this one as well. All right. The guy, he said he went from the brick the brink of suicide to love, peace, and joy. Man, I can't wait to find out more about that because people, you know my story. If you listen long enough and you know that I attempted suicide three times in three days, that's how bad I wanted out of this stuff, okay? And fortunately, I'm blessed enough that God said, nope, your time's not over with, buddy. Get down there. You got stuff you need to do for me. So he didn't take me. So welcome to the show, man, because I, I want to learn some more from this. Welcome to the show, D. Neil Elliott, author of uh, A Higher Road. Thank you so much, uh, James. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here today. Yes, sir. And I tell people, thank you for sharing your valuable time. And we know that time is valuable. And so I appreciate you sharing with our listeners and viewers on the uh, video here with the YouTube and Facebook. And so, uh, thank you. So, all right, Neil, again, for the ones that know, and I didn't know if you knew it, but yeah, I attempted suicide three times in three days, how bad I wanted out. And the last time they found me, uh, wasn't breathing, sucking carbon monoxide out of the van in my garage and rushed me to the hospitals and the hospital was seven weeks. And, uh, during that time, you know, then I tell people during that time, if you live through a suicide attempt, they make you see a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And so that, visiting with him for a year is where I'm at today and how we were able to eventually get this podcast going. So. Wow. That's a, that's a, I don't know the right word. That's quite a story. That's a, that's a spectacular story in terms of, um, you know, kind of facing adversity and actually going through uh, with that 
with those suicide attempts and then coming back from it. So I'm glad you're still here and I'm glad you got your podcast going. Amen, brother. I'm glad. And yeah, this has been podcast here is just, it's one of the ways that I can give back to other people. It's something, you know, that I can do to give them a platform for other people to get their voice out, their story out so we can help other people in the future. So, all right, Neil, appreciate you being on here. Let's uh, just get started. What's, What's going on with uh, you early? How did you come to this contemplating suicide and to where you're at and the love, peace, and joy? Because that's where we want to get to. Everybody wants to get to that. So um, let me tell you a little bit about who I am, and then I'll jump right into answering that question. Yes, sir. So, so first off, I was born in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and I'm currently 61 years old, uh, married with three kids and five grandchildren who are all Texans. So they all live <laughs> south of Houston. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm a professional engineer and I have an MBA and I worked in the hydroelectric industry for over 30 years, uh, you know, essentially managing small projects or large projects, a few hundred thousand to a hundred million dollars. And so how did I get to this brink of suicide? And, uh, what it was, was my, the concept of, the, of my consciousness, how I thought and what I thought about and how I reinforced that over my lifetime uh, drove me into this deep depression, uh, just despondent. And you're going to know what this is like then, James. You, you get to the point where you go, Why, what is the purpose? Why am I here? I'm working hard. I earn lots of money, you know, I'm spending lots of money and I'm just not getting ahead. I'm not happy. I'm fully depressed. And so, um, you know, I, I, we were hanging on to sell our house. It had been on the market for uh, seven years and it wouldn't sell. And I was just, and I was locked into this, uh, you know, kind of, uh, I'm working for, somebody else and I can't free myself from, you know, financial strain and debt and I'm working lots of hours. I just like, what's the point? And you start asking yourself questions about why are we here? What's our purpose? Um, you know, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. I've just, I've had it. I've, I've come to the end of my road. Mm -hmm. And so, um, our house finally sold and my wife, uh, got on an airplane to go to Toronto, Ontario, Canada to visit her brother and family. And I sat down at a kitchen table. Uh, we, we had this really nice waterfront home, which was about four hours from the city, uh, which was where all our clients were, were both consultants. And uh, so I was sitting down in this rented one-bedroom apartment um, and sat down at the kitchen table and crafted a suicide note. And um, about a week prior to that, and we'll talk about this, about this a little bit more, but about a week prior to that, I came across this document that promised to liberate me from my thinking. And so, you know, being this engineer, this project manager, I, I finished my suicide note um, and I wanted to do this in a way which wouldn't leave my wife financially stranded. And I wanted to be able to say goodbye to my kids and, you know, my family and friends without them knowing what I was going to do. And so I was, I was planning this out as if I was doing a project. And, um, but I come across this material and I thought, okay, well, I finished my suicide note. I thought, okay, I know how I'm going to do this. Um, 
I only get a one shot at doing the suicide, you know, if I'm successful with it, one shot at doing it. But, you know, if I go ahead and do that, I, I, there's no chance. That's it. I'm gone. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to give this material that I, that had found me really, I'm going to give it a shot and see what happens. And a year to the, almost a year to the day, I transformed my consciousness entirely. And I woke up and one morning and I thought, you know, I am just, I'm happy to be alive. I'm full of inner peace and love and joy. And I just wanted to experience the world. And I wanted to share this information from the rooftops. And I thought, well, if I, if I do that, I'm going to be, you know, looked at like a nutcase. So it took me a couple of years to figure out the best way to do that is to write a book and share my story. And um, uh, my goal is to help people, uh, no matter what state they're in, whether they're ill or or healthy or happy or depressed or you know live in the most posh mansion imaginable or living on the street. Um, the seven steps that I went through. Uh, anybody can do you just need the knowledge and you need um the understanding and uh and you need that process and if you have those things and you're willing to do it you can totally transform your life and you're a perfect example of that because uh, you're here as well and uh for the ones listening uh, down scrolling at the bottom is a national suicide prevention lifeline number at 800 800- two seven three eight two five five for for the ones that are listening that if you need some help be sure to jump in on this lifeline uh eight hundred two seven three eight two five five here's one thing that uh i um some people may or may not know especially if they haven't gone through anything like this that uh, i used to i used to people recognize something was wrong with me okay and they knew something wasn't right with uh, what's going on the way I talked. And but you know, the some some people would give it advice. Oh, you just need to work through and get over it. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> and you know, here you said a year from the day that everything you woke up and everything seems to be you know working in your favor. And, and it was a build up time, but it took a year. You know, when someone said just get over it, what do you mean get over it? It's going to take more than getting over it. You got to find out what's the problem, what put you there, how to get out of it, you know, and and open up and talk to somebody. So, yeah. So I'm not surprised when you said a year to the day. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, you know, and you're absolutely right, because in the 90s, so I would have been in my 30s, I I realized that I had quite a, a negative view of the world. You know, I, I um, was judgmental, you know, I silently denigrated people or denigrated them behind their names. You know, if they didn't agree with me, I thought what, you know, I was right, they were wrong and, you know, couldn't they see the difference? And um, so I, I picked up spiritual books, which we probably all know about or, or self-help books, you know, think, uh, Tony Robbins, uh, Napoleon Hill, Carolyn Mice, Wayne, Dr. Wayne Dyer, those kinds of books. And they all offered great Ziegler. Yeah, exactly. And they all offered great methods and processes, but I couldn't make 
even though it seemed right and, you know, the processes, they, you know, great authors with great information, I just couldn't make a shift in how I thought about things. And so I, I did that for 10 years, you know, trying to change my consciousness, positive thinking, those kinds of things. And it just didn't work. You can't just automatically change how you think. And, um, and then, you know, I got into the being a consultant in 2002 and, and that becomes about work because when you don't work, you don't get paid. If you take a holiday, you don't get paid. If you get sick, you don't get paid. You don't get paid for stats. So, you know, you just, you tend to work, 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 work. And as a consultant, you're always trying to put your best foot forward. We're all actors in our life. We uh, can yes, put, yes. we can put forward our best foot, uh, in every circumstance and, and, uh, and, the outside world views you and they go, oh, you know, a successful, nice, personable, affable guy. But, you know, they just, you can never ju accurately judge the inner reality of another person. Someone who is very kind and coming across as very nice could be a mess inside. And someone that is, you consider quite negative and, uh, you know, kind of offensive. Um, you can never really truly understand the innate goodness buried deep within that person They're you know when i was listening showing. to you just a second here talking about putting that best foot forward all the time and everything you know that in itself can wear you down because mm -hmm. and it's not that you shouldn't put your best foot forward but think of it this way and uh, an athlete i don't care what sport is when when a coach hollers you got to give 110 percent Wait a minute, you can't give 110. You can only give 100, okay? If you're doing 110, you weren't doing your 100 at the beginning, all right? And so, because you only have a max potential. So, but think of it this way. How many athletes you know are going at 100 miles an hour for 100%? No, they're playing at 75 or 80% of their talent, and they step it up when they have to. So when you're talking about, you know, putting your best foot forward all the time, that's mentally and emotionally draining doing it all the time. So yeah, I can see where you could get stuck in life and then wondering what's going on, you know, and not to, again, we shouldn't put our best foot forward, but you're not going to do it all the time. I mean, well, you do it in certain situations, but you don't, but you're going to have to have time to relax and be yourself and not having to uh, overwhelm and not having to try to impress somebody and just relax basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so when you're, you know, you're front facing to that client or to family and friends, you're always trying to be the best you can be, but you know, it's, it's in conflict with what you're thinking. And that is emotionally draining because you're, mm. you're having to step outside of how you really think and put on this show. And, uh, that's, that's tough on the, tough on the mind, tough on the body. Um, and again, we're talking with, uh, D Neil, Elliot, uh, author of A Higher Road. And again, for the ones listening, if you need some help, you're in that uh, dark area of life, you're con con uh, temp contemplating, thinking of uh, suicide, hit the 800 National Suicide Helpline. And again, it's 800-273-8255. All right, Neil. So let's uh, go ahead. Finish it. Go with your story again, buddy. Uh, so... Uh, you know, so in the nineties, I read these spiritual books, I went into consulting and then I realized like this depression as, as you're going to know, or at least for me anyway, it crept on very slowly. 
And over a period of time, just I just got into this really deep, dark spot. And so again, in you know 2015 or so, I, I started to pick up newly issued spiritual books. And again, all great processes, all great information, but I just, there just wasn't going to do anything for me. I couldn't make it stick. I couldn't change how I thought. And, um, but what I did do is I read some books that, um, all based in science, uh, all, you know, kind of founded in science with, uh, research material that started to shift fundamentally what I was thinking about. And, um, it wasn't shifting my consciousness. It was just, it was opening me up. It was preparing me for new information that I was going to receive. And the one thing that, um, and I talk about this in the book, is a new concept of consciousness. And it was new to me, but a, a new concept of consciousness. And, and one book I read, which I share that in, in, in A Higher Road, um, is, a, is a book that got me to understand whatever I thought was right or wrong, true or false, good or bad, is really just a belief. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily right or wrong. It's just what I believe to be right or wrong. Okay, yeah. And and that was a shift for me because I always thought, well, no, I'm right. You know, like, I know this, you know, but it's not true. It's it's really just a belief. And um, another book I read was around uh, mind and cells. And this is now proven in science that what we think can affect the health of our cells. And the health of our cells, it, it, it affects the expression of a cell. And uh, so we can, through our thinking, start to affect our health and our cells um, in either supporting a healthy uh, body or drawing illness to that body. And uh, again, founded in science. And a, a third genre of books, so to speak, and I, and I share all this on a higher road again, is um, books, I, I read a couple of books on neuroplasticity and neurogenesis. And in ordinary language, what that is, is the brain has the ability through your thinking to rewire itself and to build new brain cells. And that, you know, it used to be scientists thought that the brain was this fixed thing that atrophied as you got older. And in the 60s, they discovered that, no, you know, you can build new brain cells. And then these books, easy to read books, explain things really well by uh, medical doctors, um, explain how, uh, you know, people that have had brain injuries and and then have the resultant uh, issues associated with those brain injuries could actually build new cells and rewire and kind of overcome those things that they had, uh, you know, were experiencing because of that injury. Yeah, I, uh, I I really believe into the regeneration of the brain cell. Anyway, I wish the spinal cord injuries could regenerate uh, easier. So uh, from there, say, angry, quiet. Hey, thank you for coming in. He said he preferred to being wrong. That way, he can learn more. So uh, I I agree with uh, that. Uh, so we can learn more. Yeah. Hey, what's the? Uh, I forgot who said this, but the quote was, uh, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So because you're not going to learn anything if you're the smartest person. And so, uh, so going on with this, uh, yeah, the regeneration. Yeah. I can see with the, you know, there's so much we don't know about the brain that we, we don't use 
And, and I can see that it, it finds a new path when it has to. And uh, for example, uh, when I was coaching at the middle school level, there was a girl we had in school had severe ep epilepsy. I mean, real severe. She couldn't even come to school half the year because it was so bad. Didn't know when it was coming. And she was 12, 13 years old. And she was the oldest person to go in. They they went and removed half her brain, not knowing if she's going to be able to walk and talk and whatever else afterwards, but to stop the epilepsy. And she eventually, again, rewired her brain, with which half of it, and got back to talking walking, going to the bathroom, dressing herself, independent living, but it took years of therapy and training. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, that, wow. That's quite a story. That's quite a story. Um, so, uh, you know, carrying on. So the other thing then that happened to me was, um, I had read this book by a woman who experienced a near death experience. So, you know, kind of a foundational lane of changing what I was thinking about science and about the body and about mind. And then I read this uh, near-death experience. And this woman had uh, suffered from an aggressive cancer over a four-year period. Her body, uh, at the end of four years, was riddled from her, from her uh, waist to the top of her head with these um, tumors. And she was uh, down to 75 or 90 pounds. She couldn't lift her head. Uh, on her own she's on oxygen all of the time and um she fell into a coma and was rushed to the hospital and when she was admitted the physicians told her husband that she wouldn't make it through the night and uh so she was in this coma 24 hours later she woke up she declared she would be okay um and two weeks later they couldn't find a trace of cancer in her body now this is all oh. doc documented medically uh, her file is thick <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, no explanation, but, um, this happened in, I think 2006, uh, she's been totally cancer free since then. And, uh, so this story really, when she was in the coma, she came back and she described what she experienced. And, uh, this just stretched again, my concept of consciousness and consciousness is not only you know, I used to think that it was in my brain and anything that I had thought about or uh, came to me was encased in this, you know, kind of warehouse sized brain, so to speak. And it was something I had either been exposed to or learned or, you know, experienced. Mm -hmm. And my concept of consciousness now is entirely different. Consciousness is not only within us, it's all around us. And um, what this woman describes in her near-death experience is that she felt she was becoming a part of everything as she went into this coma and uh, she could uh, put her attention on on anything in the world or in the universe and she would focus on that thing so she also came back with a bunch of messages some of them are we come from love and we return to love we're not judged after we die, no matter what we do here. And, um, and for me, when I read these things with these messages, the one thing that stuck with me, I, I'm not religious, but I had this little nagging Christian goat of if I commit suicide, I'm going to go to hell. And when I read her book, I, I didn't understand it, but I believed it. And I believed it because it was all, you know, her, her, her explanation wasn't medically documented 
but she experienced this and her recovery was medically documented. But her message of we're not judged after death gave me permission to commit suicide okay. without feeling like I was going to be judged. Yes. Then this information, this blueprint material came to me. And this blueprint material, which, um, so my book, I recommend people read it from cover to cover, understand the process in its entirety, and uh, then they can make a decision for themselves whether this is something that's going to work for them or not. And if they decide that, yeah, this looks like it'll work for them, it's believable, it's understandable, um, they can go back and start either with some of the science books that I recommend or start directly with step one. And it's a seven-step process that I've outlined in the book. This is the process that I went through. Um, the uh, So my book is broken up into five parts. Uh, part one's an overview. Part two's a memoir of my life where I describe exactly how my thinking and feeling created every experience that came into my lifetime. And I use that as an illustration for people so they can go back and maybe look at their own life um, and, and pick it apart like I did. Uh, part three is around science. And, you know, we just kind of had that conversation. Part four, I introduced this blueprint material and it's around mind and matter. And it's, and it's going to be new information for, I would say, the majority of people and like 99.9% of the people. It's going to be new information. It is easy to understand because it, it, um, leverages what we know in science today and then the last part of my book is um my personal experience as i followed the seven steps so that's how the book's laid out so read it cover to cover then decide for yourself whether something makes sense to you and um so this blueprint material i i don't share what it is you'll understand what it is when you see the book and you'll actually understand why i don't share it it is marketed in a way which would make me run from it under normal circumstances. But I was okay. at the end of my rope. So I was open to looking at anything at that point. Yes. Um, and you need, to, you need to come to this material like a little child full of wonder and joy with no prejudgments. And if you can do that, you can read it and understand the new information that's provided for you that hopefully will make sense for you. So, for example, what we know in science today is that at a subatomic level, we are nothing but energy. There is more space in us than there is anything that we consider to be solid. And our perception of solidness is really just that. It's a perception that we're solid. But really, we are at a subatomic level, we're just energy. And what this blueprint material does is it, is it bridges this gap between spirituality and science in such a way that you can grasp what it means and understand what it means. And so, you know, it shares what was before the Big Bang, the impetus for the Big Bang, um, what happened after the Big Bang, and then the billions of years it took for evolution. Uh, to create the things that we see around us today and that we experience and that we are. And then um, uh, the seven-step process, you know, I've outlined in the book. Uh, and, 
you know, it's a process really to change how you think and what you think about. And when you do that, you, you essentially change your life. You know, we right now let our externalities drive what we think about. So we grew up as a child, you know, a baby that is this embodiment of joy. If you've been born into a home of privilege, you know, where you can get, where you have right food and you're looked after and you're loved. And, you know, this body, this child is this embodiment of joy. But as it grows older from babyhood to adulthood, um, you know, you're, you're learning from your parents, you're, you're adopting their kind of feelings around things. Um, and then your school experiences and all of that kind of stuff. And what we're really doing is we're shutting ourselves off from the light. We're shutting ourselves off from our source of being. And, um, we think we're becoming versed in the ways of the world, but really what we're doing is we are allowing our ego and our uh, thinking processes and consciousness that we develop run our life. And when you can understand these processes and how they work and actually understand that everything that comes into your life, uh, be it good or bad, whether you consider it to be good or bad, whether it's an event or whether it's an experience, whatever comes into your life, you have been the creator of it. And this process actually will take you through a step-by-step a, a step, uh, bit of information and new knowledge that will let you understand how we use the tools of creativity to create these experiences in our life. And when you understand all of this, what you can do then is you can start to make some choices about what you think about and how you do it and, um, and what things that you attract into your life. And again, you know, my memoirs, my history of how I created my every tomorrow's, every experience, every event that came into my life. And this um, new information that I share with people um, actually gives all of those mechanisms that, you know, with a basic understanding of what we know in science today will enable you to actually understand how this works. And when you understand how this works and you understand the process, you can transform your life from wherever you are to an entirely new place. And, um, and that's why I've written my book. I, I just, I wanted to share this with everybody so that they can learn it and understand it and make a decision for themselves. There's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. It's just, it's just going to be your personal decision. Once you understand what these processes and mechanisms are. Yeah. As you were saying from growing up from baby to adulthood, that uh, we're we're hand formed from, like you said, mom and dad's experience, school experience, environment we grew up, who we hang out with, who we don't hang out with, who we were hanging out with, everything that. But if we get so trapped into being developed by other things, it's not staying open minded uh, about other things. Uh, yeah, we can get into a deeper trap and everything from there. Yeah. Um, Hey, AQ, he wants to know, is this a reprogramming process? Well, I'd have to understand. That's a great question. I'd have to understand what you mean by reprogramming. But, um, you know, essentially, you know, I could say yes to that without knowing what your definition of reprogramming is. You, what are you talking about is, is reprogramming going to be essentially transforming? Is that going to be 
interchangeable. You yeah. Or is, so, yeah. Or is there or is there like I said a different a different uh, view or description he's thinking on reprogram? I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this: the way I used to think about people, the way I used to think about situations and events that happened in my life as being good or bad, right or wrong, I now understand exactly why everybody does what they do and it is the process that uh, is a result of the tool of creation to enable us to learn the lessons that we need to learn while we're here on earth so let me i'll back up a little bit um if you can bear with me on this one so Mm -hmm. You are, you come into this world and you will be reincarnated many times. You will be reincarnated in different genders, in different places of origin, in different colors of skin. And sometimes you'll be wealthy, sometimes you'll be poor, sometimes you'll uh, be highly educated, sometimes you will not be educated at all. All of these things are, is a process designed to give you different experiences until you finally wake up to understand what you what you are allowing your ego to do to yourself. And it's only through lessons of suffering does the journeying soul gain self-knowledge to retain individuality after it has discarded the ego. When you finally, in whichever lifetime it is, whether it's this lifetime or 20 lifetimes from now, when you finally go through this process of spiritual ascension and, and discarding of the ego, and I'm a work in progress. I don't know how far I have. I could be, you know, could be this lifetime, could be 10 lifetimes from now. I don't know. But what I do know is that I am going through this process that just brings so much more joy and understanding to life and uh, my view of what everybody does, I no longer judge anybody for what they do. I might not, you know, decide to agree with this is a good way to be, you know, like, of course, we don't want anybody that uh, is a serial killer to run out and be killing people. We don't like people that uh, maybe are in power that, you know, seem to be looking after themselves versus helping others. Um, whoever that is, and we might not agree with that. But I can see the inherent goodness. Um, and let me describe this a different way. We are our souls are all a fragment of divine consciousness. We come from love, we return to love. We have allowed our ego to bind our soul and shut it off from the light. Your ego is always prompting, to go back to this state of unconditional love from where it came from. But your ego only, and you'll understand this when you read the book, your ego only has the mechanisms of either bonding with everything it likes or rejecting things that it doesn't. So um, law of uh, attraction, repulsion. This is a um, you know kind of cause and effect law of the universe. So you bond with things you like. Oh, I like that chocolate cake. I like that car. I like that house. I like that person. I like that event. I want to go, you know, to that country. And you like all of those things. You reject things you don't like. I don't like that kind of food. I don't like that person. I don't like how they're behaving. I don't like that event. 
these are the only mechanisms that the ego has to draw happiness into its life or or give it safety and security and it's this thinking this um, electromagnetic so this is all based in electromagnetism um, this electromagnetic thinking creates these blueprints that you reinforce over time that will attract to you like experiences. So like always attracts like. The universe is neutral on, oh, I really like that. I'm happy about that. I want that. I love that. And I don't like that. I hate that. I, I reject that. That is still a um, attraction magnetism concept in this law of cause and effect that will still magnetize these things to attract like experiences into your life. I describe in my book as an example. Um, I won a $60,000 hardtop convertible Lexus car. I describe exactly what I had done for a year, unknowingly, unwittingly, didn't have any idea what I was doing. But I describe exactly what I did in terms of my thinking and my feeling entirely for a year. And then uh, one day this uh, Lexus showed up in my life. Uh, 60000 in Canada, a $60,000 car. In the U.S., you know, that's Canadian pesos compared to the U.S. dollar. So, um, <laughs> you know, so. Um, uh, but after I went through this process and I described, so I described how I did it and I attracted this car. But after I share this, this um, scientific information and this new new information with you, I actually describe the process in scientific terms about how and why that Lexus came into my life. And we do this with absolutely everything that comes into our life. People we like, people we don't like, experiences we love, experiences we hate. And when you understand these processes, you can then make a decision of, I don't want to be doing this anymore. and um, you're going to learn how to meditate. So uh, you can start with 10 minutes. I meditate every morning. And um, I don't want to scare anybody, but I meditate between 90 minutes and two hours every morning without fail. And the reason is because in order for you to actually connect with the divine, you have to get into a state of silence and stillness. And as you go through this process, so for me, it took seven months, could take someone less time, might take someone more. But as I started to go through this process of cleansing my consciousness and then rebuilding my consciousness to be um, in attunement with the golden qualities of divine consciousness, what you do is you start to build new brain cells under, this, under your skull at the top of your head. And it's just this little opening and maybe it starts as a size of a dime. And over time, that grows. And I didn't know what it was to begin with. But, you know, after, you know, a few weeks, I realized, oh, this is what's going on. That opening now is from halfway in my ears all the way around my head. And what happens is that you grow these new brain cells that are impressed with new knowledge. They operate at a higher frequency of vibration. And... Uh, the divine is uh, uh, at such a high frequency that it's radiating unconditional love to us 24-7. But we block it because of our ego responses to life and our thinking that is at a much lower frequency. 
And when you open yourself up to this, you start to feel the spiritual energy inflow into your head. So I felt it in my head. And then eventually it would be in different parts of my body. It would flow down one side of my body, up the other side of my body. Now it comes into my head and it could be in my head. It could be in my chest or my solar plexus or in all three all at once. And this is the commencement of the divine helping you go through this process. And when you actually make this contact and you understand what's going on, you will know that what you know is true. And when you make this contact, I tell you, your life changes. I no longer even, at this point, I no longer even plan. I ask, what is the best thing that I can be doing today? And I am given instructions about what I should be doing today. And that and, goes to, uh, I think right here, a question that uh, Angry Quad's asking is, do you believe you can will good fortune? So do I believe I can will good fortune? So my concept of prosperity and abundance has entirely changed. My concept of, you know, Life isn't about material things. I'm not saying you're not going to get it. I'm not saying it's not going to come into your life. But life is not ma about material things. Life is about a process of evolution of the soul. And you are not here to please God. You are here to express God. And God is unconditional love. And what we're meant to be doing is, is at some point going through this process to express unconditional love to everyone that comes into our life and everything in our life. And as I went through this process, you know, after I woke up a year later and felt like this, I just, I wanted to get rid of everything that I had that I wasn't using. You know, you amass all this crap over a lifetime that's in the garage or on a shelf or in the attic and you're not using it. It was a good idea at the time, but it doesn't give you joy or pleasure anymore. It's just, it's just this thing you have now. It's just like the less I have, the happier I am. Yeah. I've said, I've said to other people, we accumulate all this stuff. We just think we have to have all our life, but when we're dead and gone, people are throwing all this stuff we thought that we should have. They're just trashing it. Not even looking at it. They're just trashing it you know, for, for what we've thought we should really keep all these years. So yeah. here's a question. And I'm interested in this one here and we need to start wrapping up. So we get the readers digest answer here is, um, do you, uh, an angry quiet asking, do you feel you retain any knowledge from the past from being reincarnated? Um, he didn't say from being reincarnated. I'm assuming. Same when he said from the past and you talked about being yeah. reincarnated and he just yeah. wondered, do you feel that you retain any knowledge from the past? So past life, um, he said past life. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I have some experiences cause in the nineties I did, um, a, a past life regression. So I, I know from those past life regressions I did in the nineties about five different past lives. But what I 
know about past lives now is that they were here again for me to learn whatever lessons I needed to learn. And so things that I need to retain or understand, I couldn't tell you whether it's from a past life or not. It is just new information that's coming to me. And okay. Um, and so that's the best way I can describe it in a, in okay. a Reader's Digest. Version. It's a good we question. Can, I, I had not thought about that before. AQ, he will ask good questions, man. I love, I love this man. AQ, I've been neglecting. I've been meaning to call you, and I'm going to try to get here in the next day or two to uh, talk to you for man. He's real good. He's uh, going, he, he's a spinal cord injury like me and he does uh, research for spinal cord people. He volunteers to do research to help, of course, to help him as much as possible, but also to try to help the fellow spinal cord injury in the future. So, and I really appreciate that he, he does more of that. So Neil, man, this is enlightening uh, for me, especially because uh, I've heard about incarnation, reincarnation and uh, things like this, but I've never really, you know, experienced and talked it uh, out with someone like uh, what you've experienced and, and stuff. So it gets me an open mindedness to to look at uh, stuff like this. Uh, you know, I've heard other people mention it, but I've never really sit and talked with it. So, and appreciate you coming on, sharing your, your book with us. Um, anybody else want to find about the seven process, you can go again, get the book, a higher road and oh, and down at the bottom again, if you're in that suicide, uh, brink of suicide, get that 800 number, 800-273-52, no, it ain't, 8255. So, all right, uh, Neil. We can give you your uh, social media website and any information that you want people to know to be able to find you and get your book. Yeah. So, um, okay. So the title of the book, a higher road, cleanse your consciousness to transcend the ego and ascend spiritually. And it's a seven step process to inner peace, love, joy, abundance, and prosperity. It's by D Neil Elliott and all of my social media links, et cetera, are on my website. My website is dneilelliot.com so that's d-n-e-i-l-e-l-l-i-o-t-t.com you can request a free chapter on that uh, and um, the book is available on amazon or through your local bookstores it's in print or it's an ebook on all your favorite ebook platforms kindle apple nook kobo etc uh, so yeah highly uh, available there's links on the website or you can just uh, check it out on amazon do those simple thing I tell people, Google, Google D, Neil, Elliot, everything will pop up. And I'll put this information again in the show notes and you'll send a, another bio for me to update to put on there as well. And so, Neil, appreciate you being here. Uh, hey, Ricard, thank you for coming in. Hey, yeah, we, you, we can talk after this. That's good. And he says, thanks, Neil. Hey, Ricard did. Thanks, Neil. So, Appreciate it again. Hey, Neil, we know the people hurting and struggling today. If you can leave us with a powerful message to help them get through today, man, that'd be awesome and a blessing. Uh, so I think that uh, the message would be no matter where you're at, ill or healthy, happy, depressed, um, you know, wealthy or uh, poor, you can transform your life. What you need to know is you need to have some a solid foundation, you need some new information, and you need a defined process. And with that, if you're willing to put in the work and uh, do the study, you can totally transform your life. 
And if you're living on the street, uh, you know, and you're, and you're doing this now, anybody on the street or anybody that is, uh, you know, kind of doesn't have the means you need to make sure that uh, if you're going to help these people, you need to make sure that their, their bellies are full. No one can learn on an empty stomach. So as long as their bellies are full and they're open and they're curious, if you give anybody this process and this new knowledge, they have the opportunity to make a decision for themselves to change their life or to carry on living as they currently are. Hey, here we go. Thank you, uh, Neil, for coming on. And again, get the book, A Higher Road, and find out more about this seven-step process to help you, uh, again, transform. And again, I, I, I like it where you, where, you, where you add it in there. It's for you to make the final decision. You know, a lot of people think it's, you got to read it and it's for end all and you got to follow everything. No, I, I'm glad that you have it. You had final say so, you know, do what you want, do what you don't want to do. Yep. That's great. So, Hey, everybody else. Uh, again, if you're in that, uh, that dark area in life, don't wait too far. Contact someone to talk with. Again, the good thing about the national hotline and everything like that, you can lie to them. Don't give them your name. Just you're struggling Please help me, and they'll help you and everything. So, again, the number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. Neil, thank you for coming on. Everybody else, hey, uh, Angry Cry, thank you for coming on and asking questions and helping out. Everybody else, do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.